This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So, good friend of ours and friend of the studio, Paul Castronovo. And he's, he's a... I guess we could say he's a regular on the show now at this point. He's been on about five, six times wow. on the show, awesome. I think. And then um, so he's like a spokesperson sp- spokesperson for uh, Doris's Italian it's really? market. Yeah, so he come he came on. We did this episode, um, Who's More Italian episode. <laughs> right? we, we called it I Paisans. I called it, right. we titled it Paisans. But the whole thing was like, it really was like, Oh yes! Oh, thank you. All right. So, you, what we got from Doris is we got little calzones. Oh, look at that! Yeah, a little cannoli, tiramisu, uh, some baklavas. You know, just for the Greek fans. Yeah, all and right. uh, some nice fruit pies. Cool. I'm gonna have a cannoli. It's probably not the best thing to eat when you're trying to talk, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Cause I was wondering. Holy how that cannoli! Was gonna <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about the fairy um, godmother, Carlene. In a second, but anyway, with Paul, we did this episode, Paisans, and it was um, it was born from this whole thing where you know George Pavaromo is also a regular on the show and very good friend, um, and he's has an Italian last name, and that's pretty much the end of it. That's it, right? Because he's like, yeah. Oh, really? It's a, it's a, he jokes about himself. He's like, right. I'm not. He's on, I'm from Miami. I'm a Floridian. I'm not like an Italian at all. That's a great right? Italian last name. Yeah, it's a for yeah for right. Provoromo. It's yeah. a great Italian last name. So we had this. George and I were talking on the side, like we should do this episode because you know Paul is all oh, I'm Italian. I'm Italian, right? Big time. Right. He's like very proud of it. Right. And um, the uh, yeah, bring Mike a little closer. So he's all Italian out and. and George is like, we got to get him. He came up with this idea to do this Who's More Italian episode because Bouncer Smith had the inside track that he did a Ancestry.com test once, and it turns out he's Greek. 
Who? Paul. Oh. <laughs> right? But it's anyway, we had him on the show and he disputed it. You know, this, whatever. So oh, anyway, that's hilarious. So then Paul comes. So we did the episode. We had to cancel it once. And then we were going to have food and everything. We ended up doing the episode half-assed when I we did he, it. But it turned out to be a pretty cool episode. I think episode. he found out what we were going to do probably through the grapevine. And he decided not to. He had, yeah, he, yeah, I think, I think he, oh, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But then when he did come on, he came on prepared, and he had this list of all these reasons why he's Italian. Like, he <laughs> like, named his dog an Italian name from the Godfather. Oh, my gosh. He interviewed Sonny from whatever, from the Godfather, and, like, all that's this. Hilarious. So we gave it to him. Like, all right, we had Bouncer call in and say, right. hey, you're not Italian, and he argued about it, but... Oh anyway, my God. So, That's anyway so thank you for bringing in Doris's. Cheers. Right? Oh, buon appetito. Mm. Right. Buon appetito. Probably not the good, best thing to eat. All right. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I know. Yeah. <laughs> you good? I brought food for some a milk? podcast, right? <laughs> we did just one episode before where I ate on it, and they were like, don't ever eat on the podcast ever again. Me and you sitting there eating yeah. pasta. That's what Sonia said. You guys are going to be talking, and you brought food, right? That's- Hi, Carlene. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good. I'm setting up my coffee and tiramisu over here. All right. You're setting up your bar? Yeah. Okay. Um, Hi, Elmer. How you doing, Dennis? How's it going? Awesome. So, um, Elmer Pignon? Yeah, Pillon. Pillon? Yeah. It's a French last name. It is. But we're full Italian. Italian. Yeah. Okay. How does that work out? My great-grandfather was from Monte Carlo, my dad's side. Okay. And the old Riviera. Yep. And he migrated to Lake Como in the north. Okay. And uh, my father was born in Lake Como, Milano, Lake Como. There you go. Yep. And then my mom was from Campo Basso, which is about three hours south of Rome. And wife was born in Rome. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you guys are like more Italian than Paul Casanova for sure. Well, I don't have a dog (laughs) with an Italian name, but yeah, no, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. So for those of you uh, watching on YouTube, because you can watch on the show on YouTube, you can um, listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, which is mostly how I listen to the show because I have, you know, going back and forth from here to Coral Springs, I usually yeah. just like listen in my car yeah. to, to every single episode. Um, but uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube component, you'll see that we have a guy in scrubs on on our show here today um not in fishing clothes yeah not not right? in fishing clothes um but uh you are a guide and yeah. a uh physical therapist yeah and you were introduced to me by jeff harkavy um as a healer as a healer and i wear scrubs right that's a perfect thing right yeah and um but then oh, he started nice telling thing. me your story a little bit and we were completely enamored by it and uh i wanted to invite you on here so you could tell your story Awesome. Uh, and how we're all connected by water. I know yeah. we just all attended the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust Symposium um, this past weekend, which was a phenomenal event. Incredible. You know, it, it was a phenomenal event. Just the Legends panel alone. Um, I went see, for the Legends panel. To see all the guys yeah. in there. Um, oh, before I talk about the Legends panel, though, but did you go to the Film Fest the night before? I didn't. There was a moment. In that film fest, where almost brought uh, Nick and I to tears because Ansel Mighty Waters, yeah, was Ansel Sanders was in the room when they showed that, and which was a powerful film as a standalone thing, even if you're looking at it on your phone, right? But to see that in a ballroom with um, 
With him there. Surrounded with him there, wow. two rows in front of us. Wow. Uh, in a room filled with, you know, masters of fly fishing. Right. And when that film ended, Powerful. gave him a standing ovation. The whole room just, I heard it he didn't stood stop. up and I, I had to film it on my phone real quick because I'm like, I need to capture this moment. Um, it, it was really, really beautiful. And, and that just kind of spells how that weekend went because the rest of the weekend really followed suit to that. It's such a great organization, Bonefish yeah. and Tarpon Trust. I mean, I'm wearing this hat today because I wanted to talk about it. And I, mean, I was proud of what happened this weekend. Right. I was proud to be an artist set up there and proud that they asked me to be a part of it, quite frankly. I mean, it yeah. was really, really great. It's um, a first-class organization that does a lot of incredible work. Yeah. And, yeah. and you had got you know, the Stu Apt and Andy Mill yeah. up on the Legends panel, and Bouncer Smith, and Ansel Saunders was there, and, and, and Chico. And, Chico. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I yeah. love Chico. I love it. And, uh, and uh, it's not even everyone that was up there, but um, it was it was just phenomenal. So um, before we get into your story, yeah, I want to bring up the do-gooder of the week now. For those of you guys who um, watch and listen to the show, you know that for some time now, we are working with Starbright um, to choose our do-gooder of the week. And a do-gooder is someone who is a steward of our environment, our coastal environment. More often than not, they are fishermen. Um, that is the primary subject matter of the show, generally speaking, even though we are connected by water and we talk and feature a lot of different things, yeah. including cannolis and tiramisu. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring this up that Corey sent me the do-gooder um, for this week. I'm going to throw my glasses on real quick. And um, there are two do-gooders, but they uh, they work for the same party boat, right? So it is Casey Back and uh, Captain Adam Sidier, right? And these guys are repeat do-gooder offenders, both working on the Ocean Fishing Obsession party boat. And both have done numerous do-gooder deeds. This do-gooder duo, this week's Starbright Weekly Winners. And I'm also going to mention that Casey Back just got his captain's license. So congratulations awesome. to Casey. Um, so just so you know, if they're nominated by us, then that means they have done feats of good. So they will receive the Starbright Bucket of Fun, which includes our reggae sponge and our boat wash and our citrus cleaner, the salt off, and uh, a few other things in here, you know, the fuel treatment. And these are all environmentally friendly products. They really are. And they work really well, too, you know, on top of it. And that's what makes them such a great company is, yeah. like, not only are they environmentally friendly, but they work better than most products out yeah, there. that's what I use, too, for mine. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's great stuff. And we're proud to be working with them. That's and great. not only just because of their products, but also a lot of the outreach that they do, the, the mangrove planting programs that, that they do with Corey up there. Um, in the Indian River Lagoon and, you know, and many of the other yeah. coastal restoration projects that they do, uh, they, they, they back it up. So you as well support coastal restoration, I've heard, through the, through the grapevine here, right? Yeah. So why don't you kind of tell me how you got started doing what you do now, which is fishing as a guide part-time and yeah. also maintaining your life as a physical therapy healer part-time? Well, I guess it starts, I was three weeks old the first time I went fishing. Mm -hmm. My dad was supposed to babysit for the first time when my mom went back to work. 
and him and his friend Joe Banana, guy with a big nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his name was Sergio Velalta. Really? Yeah. Two, so two guys. Um, I was born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. So my, my parents met in Toronto, in the Italian community. My dad went to night school to learn English. That was his fifth language. And he met Joe Banana. Joe said, do you like fishing? I'll take you to a place. They knew a, a Huron Indian named Elmer Cozino that had a little place where they'd rent cabins and john boats. And he, Joe took my dad up there. And Elmer uh, just fell in love with my dad mm -hmm. and wanted to teach him everything, how to ice fish, how to spear fish. He would have one hand on a lantern, one on the wheel, and a spear in the other hand, and he would spear walleye at night, you know, reflecting their eyes. This was Elmer. He right. was allowed to do that, right, as a, a Huron Indian or a native. Um, he taught my dad how to catch muskie, everything. And that's how I was named after Elmer. You were named after this. Yeah, guy. I was named wow. after Elmer Cozino, yeah. Cool. And he was a, just an incredible badass fisherman, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but uh, my dad started taking me fishing. I don't remember not fishing. Right. And I had my own ice hut when I was 11. I was driving a snowmobile at six. And at six, I was probably a little bit shorter than I am now. You know, I was a little guy. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I'd go fishing on my own when I was eight in a canoe, catching pike and muskie and stuff. Um, came down here when I was 17, mm -hmm. just turning 18. And uh, we got a 24-foot Roballo, my dad, and we'd go fishing offshore. And I liked it. It felt like fishing for salmon instead of downriggers. We're using outriggers. You know, I liked it. But then uh, my wife and I, when we started dating, we got a little boat, a uh, little uh, blow-up boat from Sports Authority, I think. Mm -hmm. You put a little electric motor on the back. Yeah. You know that little like $200 one? I do. And we, we'd go fish, caught our first snook in redfish. You did too. By the way, yeah. Sonia's in the room today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Caught my first snook in Westlake and Sheridan Street in Hollywood. Okay. At Ancob Nature Center. And then we found out, well, we put a hole in the boat. Really? Yeah, first redfish I caught there. In fact, we caught a lot of redfish there. You put a hole in the boat while you were fishing? Yeah, with a hook. Yeah. And we ended up, my dad was with us, and we ended up this close to each other, and we literally <laughs> walked half a mile to, uh, back to shore. And my dad called for a taxi, and it was, it was funny. We sank. Yeah. Uh, but um, then uh, we bought two kayaks, and then that opened up the doors for us to be able to go out and do back. I always wanted to go fish in the mangroves, because mm -hmm. I went once to Chukaluski, with a friend of Sonia's brought, he brought me and I said to her and we came back, I said, it did something to me. And I said, I don't know how we're going to do it. You know, we're broke kids, you know, just waitering and doing whatever. I said, I got to get back there. Like we got to get back to that. Pl what was that place called? Chukaluski? What? And uh, so we got kayaks. By the end of our kayaking phase, which lasted a long time, we were doing 16 mile round trips from Chukaluski out Sandfly Pass, down to Lopez, back around, and we would do that in a day fishing. And you can't time the tides perfectly, mm -hmm. but it taught me a lot about the water. And you, you know, so have to time the tides without a outboard. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't make those mistakes. Like you have to really understand where you're going, where you're at, you know? Yeah. You pay attention to things. So then we got a boat. She said one day, she's like, I'm not doing this anymore because we we're doing CrossFit and stuff. You can't paddle 16 miles and then go, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lot. And she said, buy a boat. And I was like, that's buy pretty a boat. ambitious. That's yeah. pretty ambitious. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I do the paddling maybe yeah. for like a mile and I'm like, I'm good. That's my workout yeah. for like the year. Yeah. So. That's how we started. <laughs> but then you want to go a little further and you want to go a little further and you want to explore, you know? And now we do like 80, 90 mile round trips in a day in the boat. 
you know, mm-hmm. now you run to Lossman's and Rogers and it's just, uh, you know, you can explore the whole place the rest of your life, you know, and not fish the same places. So, yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. So started physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist assistant. Mm-hmm. I was working at a place in Boca and, uh, I guess the first time I took someone out, I know what fishing did for me. Uh, my mom was sick since I was eight. She was diagnosed with cancer. And every Saturday or Sunday, my dad took me fishing. My mom was in the hospital most of my childhood. And we'd go fishing. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, we'd go straight to the hospital, even ice fishing, whatever. We'd go in our snowsuits and we'd always go see my mom after that fishing day. And I got to about 14 or 15 and I started having some resentment to my dad who fished three times a week, right? And, uh, and I said to him one day, I said, you know, how dare you? You know, you took me fishing every weekend while mom was in the hospital. And my mom stepped between us and said, how dare you? She said, we decided you needed to have balance. We decided you, you know, together that you were going to go fishing every week because that was like you coming up for air. Like that was, we mm-hmm. saw the difference in you when you went fishing. You can't just have sorrow in your life. You have to have balance and fishing made you so happy. So to me, that was always my, it changed everything for me. It filled up my, I guess, looking back, my spiritual fuel tank, you know, being sure. out there. Didn't matter what time of year or what we were doing, just to be out there in the elements, yeah. you know? And when it's you and the fish, you don't think of anything else. You're 100% present, right? And um, I had a patient come in in a wheelchair Italian guy named Dennis um, for HIPAA. Really? I won't violate HIPAA, so I won't <laughs> say his last name. But he came in. He's a Brooklyn guy, Italian guy, about 32, 33 years old. And he's like, yo, he was from, yeah, Brooklyn. And he's yeah. like, my man, do you know anything about Guillain-Barre syndrome? And I said, yeah, I know what it is. He said, he ever treated anyone for it? And I said, no. He said, well, I can't walk. I want to walk. I'm like sort of paralyzed from the ribs down. Think you can help me? And I said, I'll do everything in my power to help you walk. So he said, all right, I'm going to get a prescription. I'm coming. So we start working together and I talk every week, talk about, oh, we went fishing, we went fishing. I was fishing three times a week at that time in my kayak. And he said, do you think I'll ever, after about three, four months, because you think I'll ever be able to go kayak fishing with you? And, you know, I, I love this guy. Like, you know, I saw the passion in him. He had a two-year-old baby at the time who's now 18. And, uh, and I said, well, you have to be able to sit unsupported and hold a five-pound anchor to be able to put it in you know, without flipping over. So I said, he said, I want to do it. So we worked for three months with him to sit unsupported. First, he would collapse. Then he was able to do more. Then he was able to sit for five minutes. Then I get a one-pound, you know, a little pink weight mm-hmm. and I'd have him hold it up and he would collapse. And three months later, he was able to- You were to doing f- this in the offices? Yeah. This was physical therapy. Wow. And then he was able to hold a five-pound dumbbell up, the green one for like five minutes, you know, like just dying, working, holding himself up. And I said, you're ready. So Sony and I brought a kayak to his uh, apartment development on a Sunday morning. And we figured out how to get him from the wheelchair to the edge of the pool into the kayak. And he said he could swim with his arms, he had big arms. And uh, he was able to paddle. And then he said, can my daughter come in here with me? I've never done anything with her. So I grabbed his daughter maybe she was like three or four, maybe she was old enough. Mm-hmm. And he sat around that and he paddled around this pool. It was raining. So there was nobody there. And he was at Deer Creek in Deerfield beach. And he paddled around the pool. And that was the first thing he ever did with his daughter. Next week we took him to keep his cane. I don't know if you remember Rickenbacker before they made it a beautiful park. You mm-hmm. could catch a lot of sea trout right there. Like right when you come over the first bridge. So we took him there and I cut pool noodles. Sonia's idea made a, like a little railroad, like a roller system. 
put the kayak on that, transferred him right beside it, put him in the kayak, and we were able to just roll him right into the water. Wow. So it was awesome. He caught a bunch of sea trout. And out there, he was just like us, right? Just paddling with his arms. And I wanted to show him that the only thing that will limit us is us. You know, like he was, he told me he always, he was always laying on his back, looking at ceiling tiles in a doctor's office. And he was tired of being prodded and picked and, and you know, and, and analyzed. And uh, that was the first thing he got to do since all of this happened to him because he was well-bodied before, you know, he got this this disease. And uh, after that, he came into the clinic. That was a Sunday. He came into the clinic on Monday and he said, get my leg braces. I'm going to walk. And he walked 50 feet with a rolling walker and uh, knee ankle foot orthotics, like leg braces. Yeah. First time ever. He was listening to Rocky on his phone. Come on. He had that playing and he put his hat backwards and he walked 50 feet. And I was like, that's the power of fishing. Like, wow. That's it. So I said, to my, my boss said to me, he goes, did you take Dennis fishing? Like, do you know there's liability issues and stuff? I said, that was on me, not on you. Yeah. You know, it was outside of the building. So I said, if I ever got my chance to have my own clinic, I was going to start like an adventure outreach. And uh, two years later, I wrote a business plan. I was able to buy a clinic and we started Health Rehab Adventures. So my therapist looked for somebody that needs a change of heart or an uplift. Mm -hmm. And I, I would take him fishing and I would pay for it. Like I would just pay for the whole day and take them on an adventure. If they're in a wheelchair, if they have Parkinson's, I would bring another therapist, use a gate belt to transfer them, take them to Loxahatchee for bass, you know, pick them up at the nursing home. And uh, it was incredible. Then I meet Jeff Harkavy, become good friends with him, treat his sister, right? And uh, one day he said to me, he said, Elmer, you should be a guide. And I said, a what? Mm -hmm. And he said, you should be a guide. And I said, why would I want to do that? He said, you are a guide. You just don't get paid for it. Right. You take all these patients out. And I said, I, I don't know if, I didn't want to bring money into it. You know, I, I, sometimes that pollutes things, you know? Certainly does. Yeah. And he said, I said, why would you think I should be a guy? Like, you know, I'm doing physical therapy. I'm fishing three times a week. He said, because you have what it takes and your enthusiasm is transferable on the water. And I said, okay. He said, have you ever been fishing with a guide? And I was like, no. He said, I'm going to take you with Bob Branham. And Actually, I, I just met Bob this weekend. He yeah, I saw him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's such a great guy. Yeah. And I saw him out there, and I saw him standing on his polling platform, and he said, hey, Elmer, what's your office look like? I said, like four walls, window. I move my desk about every two months because I can't stand being locked up, you know? And he said, this is my office. And I said, Bob, I need to get your office. Mm -hmm. I need an office like this. And uh, all of a sudden, I wanted to be a captain. I wanted to be a guide and take everyone out. You know, that hopefully the people that are up in my boat are people that need what I have to offer. You know, it's not just about the fish, right? It's, you know, to me, the, the result of the fish is a very small part of yeah. the trip. It really is. You know, the actual fish, yeah. and, and it's, it's everything. That, Sorry, it's all, all the space in between. You know, it really makes the trip. It's who you're with, especially. That's um, a big part. Th that makes it. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, and I I've, must have talked about this with people around me in my circle a million times. They're probably tired of hearing it. But I recently just went fishing with Bouncer Smith for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And what a great day. It what must a, have been incredible. What a great guy. And, it, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we had this, you know, 
we caught my first clown knife fish, which was fantastic. That's a with weird, bouncer. Yeah, wow. right. So we targeted it that day. So just the fact that we converted on that fish was wonderful. But my favorite part of the day was just sitting with Bouncer because he's become such a good friend in the short period of time, and great. you know, and just hearing his stories and you know the the laughter and the lighthearted you know way he is and and fishing with Captain Bill Lepree, which is such a down to earth guy, and yeah. you know and it, it it was the day. It, it was really what I take away from it. It wasn't even that clown knife. That was a fun moment, and the way that fish was caught was actually caught it on Bouncer's rod. And he was in an awkward position at the time, and it was going around the engines. And he, he lifts up the rod as the he goes, "I can't take this." So I had to grab the rod with him. We switched the rod. So yeah. I tell Bouncer I caught it with him together, right? Because yeah, I'm yeah. proud of that. That you makes know? it even yeah, better. Yeah, proud. Right? We, we caught it together, yeah. not just me catching it alone. So wow. it's like those moments I think that really yeah. puts the glue to the day. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, the more I talk to like some of the older guys in Everglades City, mm-hmm. um, two of them in the last month. Uh, Said, you know, I'm slowing down. I'm only guiding like 200 trips a year, which is to me a lot. And, uh, but they used to be like, yeah, that's a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, fishing's not just about the fishing, it's not about the fish. It's about spending time with people you like to spend time with. And it's, to me, it's about celebrating life out there. You know, physical therapy is about helping people get back to being able to celebrate life, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the, the guiding is about actually being able to go out there, you know, you're well enough to go out there and celebrate, you know? And I think people need to do a lot more of that, especially now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So now are you you're still using this component um, of where you started with it, you, you know, taking people of need out. Yeah. Is that primarily who you're taking out now? No. Or you t- you're, you're taking out everybody? No, I'm gu- just guiding. I'm taking out people that, you know, want to go out and, and mm-hmm. have a great time. And, and I was guiding in Stewart part-time like okay. in the summer for snook in the spring i love fly fishing for bass with poppers fly like on top water mm-hmm. that is probably one of my absolute favorite things to do so i was the i was the only guide in loxahatchee uh preserve arthur marshall yeah. uh um that's in the spring flamingo in the summer and i would do chuckalusky in the winter time and now we just Sold everything here, mm-hmm. and we moved to the woods. Now we live in Everglades City. So and, you're in Everglades City full time now. Yeah, we we lived wow. in Boynton Beach for hey, sixteen so you're years. You're all in. Yeah, and uh, well, Sonia said to me, I was driving there three days a week, so I was spending twenty six hours behind the windshield. I was working seven days. I was guiding three days and working at the clinic mm-hmm. four days. And uh, Sonia just said, she was, "Do you want to move to Everglades City?" I go, "I would leave. I would get up at two fifty in the morning." And be home around nine. I'd pick up my clients and drive them home too. Yeah. Like if they're on the way, because I live so far. It's like, well, if you're in Boca, I'll just pick you up. You know, like camaraderie. We'll spend time in the car too. Why not? And um, she said, do you want to move to Everglades City? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You mm-hmm. would move to Everglades City? Because she's big into CrossFit. CrossFit Point Beach is our family, you know. And uh, she's Olympic weightlifter. And I said, you're going to leave, like, leave all this? She goes, we'll put a CrossFit in our you know, in the stilted home downstairs or something. We'll figure it out. I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, for sale. That's it. Yeah. And we sold the house right away. Sounds like you got a good one over there. 25 years. Yeah. That's She's nice. got a lot of good ideas. I'm, yeah. We're looking at each other over here. She's got a <laughs> yeah. couple great suggestions for yeah. sure. So, uh, so that's it. So we, we sold our house and we rented a house with a six-month contract down there. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, anything good for sale in Everglades City never makes it to Zillow. You know, like you have to know somebody. So we would drive around every day looking for for sale signs. And then one day, like two months in, we found a for sale by owner. And have you ever been to Everglades City? No. No? I have actually never been okay. down there. You got to come down there. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you come into town, there's a bunch of houses on the left-hand side that are on the water. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get one of those. So yeah. it's awesome. You can catch tarpon and snook like five minute paddle in the backyard and you're really? catching redfish on flies. Yeah, you're you're getting me you're getting me. Yeah, let's not put the address out on air. Yeah, no. no. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> right hand side. There's three hundred and fifty people in town, out, you know? know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you go there you'll find anyone you want, right? So all my CrossFit stuff. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, the stuff that didn't get wrecked in the hurricane, right? Yeah, right. right. Wow. So, so yeah, how did how did it go to the hurricane? Uh, we got three and a half feet of water wow. in, in the house. Uh, we came to Coral Springs. I brought the boat uh, over this way because mm-hmm. I figured my pulling platform would go through my bedroom if it started to float. Right. So uh, so we took it over and we went back. It was it was overwhelming to go back and see all the damage. Um, we had a lot of our family uh, videos, skate videos, oh, uh, parents things. For, all our parents have passed away, so we had. You know, that stuff's sentimental. Uh, we lost like 80% of it. Oh, uh, man. I'm yeah. so sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. My neighbor said to me, uh, sweet, sweet neighbors, Connie and Cecil. Connie said, you know, we had like a 40-foot like strip of s- things out on the, mm-hmm. you know, on the curb. Yeah. And uh, about four feet high. And she said, we lost that much in uh, Irma five years ago. She goes, it said, and I just looked at her and I said, Connie, like, like it gutted us, but I said, I'm not putting any of that stuff in my casket, you know, right. like I have it all here. Yeah. So, you know, just, just go forward. So, but we well, lost that's a, a positive way to look at it yeah. for sure. I was so down, like I'm not a depressed guy, Uh huh. but I was, I got that yeah, so far. <laughs> yeah. I was, but I was so down by day two of ripping the walls out and, and throwing away all of our furniture and everything. I, we had to go to Immokalee to get fuel. So we, you know, we went up there with a bunch of fuel cans and, uh, and I said to her, I said, I want you to drive. I said, cause we didn't have any phone service. I got phone service in Immokalee. So I made a post on Facebook f- through the clinic. And I said, I'm starting a, a, a fundraiser for Everglades city right now, because in Irma, Everglades city was really forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, when we went down there two weeks later, like everyone thought of everyone else, the keys and everything, but Everglades city is sort of a forgotten kind of place. And, um, well, let me say Everglades city. Like where you go through the keys. I mean, I've been to Everglades City and then like, you know, down to the park and everything like that. That's Florida City. Right. The Florida yeah. Florida City. Yeah. Now where's Everglades City? I'm two hours west of that. West of it. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. so closer to Chuckleski. Yeah, they're right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. So this Everglades City and Chuckleski are sort of attached by a little causeway. Yeah. Like a little strip. So it's it's the same place basically. You know, they're two little mm-hmm. uh, Everglades City's an island in the Everglades. Sort of surrounded by the Barren River, and then there's a little causeway that goes to Chukaluski, which is the the outer outermost point, like the end of Highway 29. Okay. So uh, as soon as I posted that, one of my clients, who's an awesome guy, uh, Venmo's me or Zell's me five hundred dollars, and then other people, other people. We ended up raising in two weeks eighty three hundred dollars, and we gave all uh, nice. in supplies about five thousand in in money mm-hmm. monetary. So we we're able to give it to two of the local outreaches that are really grassroots. One's called Reach Out, and if anyone has a need, like they just go to Reach Out and they vet the need to make sure it's for certain, and then they help them. So a lot of it went to drywall, and uh, we got air conditioners. Our friends at Pac-Mail in Coral Springs, Scott and Scott. I don't know if you know them. 
Um, they did a drive. They raised almost a thousand dollars and and air conditioners. So thank you, uh, Colleen. It was pretty incredible to see the outreach. You know that we just sort of spun it in motion. Right. As I felt so bad about us, but I said, "There's people that can't afford to to you know. There's people that are really going to struggle here. Mm-hmm. You know, like how can we help them? And it's like all of our patients. A patient came up to me and said, "I saw like I don't on the dry race board. You know, for Everglade City." And she said, I'm going to write you a check at the front counter later. And she wrote me a check for $500. Like, yeah. It just it took me to tears, you know, that, that people are moved to, you know, to help. So it was pretty awesome. One thing that I get out of all this, um, you know, like the giving back and, and the helping people out is, number one, I always think that helping others is the best feeling in the world. Right, it really is, and I'm not just saying that. You know what I mean for any backpats or anything like that, no. but it truly is. Like, there's a high to it. The gift is for the giver. Hundred percent. That's true. And it's like you know, I always say if you, you know, you're going to win the lottery, you're going to feel great, but that feeling is fleeting. When you really truly help someone out in their life, that's forever. Yeah. That really is because no one can ever take that away from you. Money can go. Money can get spent. Money can burn. Right, but what you do as the good that you do in life yeah. is permanent. Yeah. And that doesn't, and the that impact doesn't, and the impact. That's what I mean, because yeah, you know, because, right. because you, yeah. well, you, those things really, that's what really matters Yeah, in this world, you know, and at the end of the day, like you said, it's not going in your casket and you're not taking it with you. And you know, all that you can leave behind in this world is your legacy. Right. right? And what do you want your legacy to be? You want your right. legacy to be that I won in life and, Got the most things, or do right. you want your legacy? To or be caught like the a, most fish, or, or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. You know, things that want, I wish more people would look at it like their legacy yeah. is like I help the most people. Right, right. That's where you get to live in other people. Yeah. You know, I gave a keynote speech for uh, South University's graduating physical therapy class, and I said basically what you just said: like we all have the power to change somebody's life, or to pick up the pen of somebody else's life's book and write a sentence in it. Mm-hmm. or a paragraph or a chapter, right? Depending on how much you've done for them or how it how it impacted them. Like we all have the opportunity to impact someone's life for the better or worse, right? Emotions are contagious, right? What we do for each Very other. Very contagious. Yeah, what we do, like you can uplift a room or you can bring a room down, right? Uh, the same on the boat. You know, you can, as a captain or anyone on the boat, can frame the boat in a positive or negative way. Sure. It can be an adventure or it could be the most miserable trip that you can't wait yeah. to get to the dock, right? Are you a yeller or are you a teacher? I mean, right. what's your what's your vibe? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, we have the power to do that. I think the more we realize that, how we can influence each other and, and help each other um, and impact each other, you know? Uh, you can choose to do it and have incredible impact or you can not, you know, not pick up the pen, right? That so. story that you told me, um about dennis yeah that's huge huge really i mean yeah. how i learned from it you know yeah, i wasn't planning any of it the work it that went happened. into that right yeah. the work that went into that and you know all the steps that you guys took to get to that point yeah just to catch a fish yeah right like it wasn't about just the fish that was just yeah. that was, was that the finish the line that was the cherry on top that was the, you yeah. know it was like man we that was the accomplishment but that wasn't the marathon that you ran, and and, right. and man, the goal was to be well, able to get out. How good did there. he feel after that? I mean, so you know, how good did you feel after that when he caught that fish? I mean, come I, on. I, I honestly, I felt, I felt that I was, 
I, I, I want to say it in the, I'm saying this in the most humble way I could of course. Uh, say it, but I felt like I didn't deserve to be used by God that way with how I felt. I felt so good that I got to share that. You know, Sonia was there and eight of my friends were there. So it's not just me. Like I needed all my friends with kayaks to come because I didn't know what was going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, guys, like I need everybody there and don't, you know, like just, you know, like just, just help me if I need help, but I don't even know how I'm going to need help. Like I didn't know how it was going to work. And, uh, and then it started to work. And I just said like, you know, I believe in God. And I said, you know, God, thanks for using me today. You know, like that was it. I love this. And I want to be used more like that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I want God to put the people in my boat that need to come on the boat with me, you know, and, and cause it's not just about the fishing, you know, it's about like, to me, the Everglades is God's church. Like anything in nature is like, you know, I, I, I love going to church. I went yesterday, a little white church in town in Everglades city, but you know, I feel closer to God when I'm in the mangroves. Sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. My wife yeah. and I talk about that all the time. And thank you for bringing the big guy up. And I was hoping you would, because I was going to bring it up too. And I wanted to ask you that. Now, we're meeting for the first time. Anyone who's watched or listened to this show knows that that's one of my favorite things in the world is meeting someone for the first time on the show and having such a great conversation with them. Um, and, you know, I kind of started getting that just from you and all the work that you put into it. And I was going to ask you point blank, and you brought it up first. Yeah. How much does God play a role in what you do? Everything. Right? Yeah. So I work for a boss. You mm -hmm. know, like I remember my neighbor when I got my clinic, he said, now you're a boss. You can do what you want. And I was like, no, no, no. He said, that's my boss. And if it's fishing, you know, if my job's, I, I want God to use me where he wants to use me. If he doesn't want me to guide, then I don't want to guide. If he doesn't want me to do whatever, wherever he needs me, he doesn't need me. Let's say that. Right. But wherever he can use whatever talent he's given me or whatever passion he's given me, you know, they say where your burden meets your talent, that's your bullseye. That's where you need to be in life. Uh, my talent or my passion is fishing and is physical therapy, right? Uh, my burden is suffering. I know that because I watched my mom suffer for 20 years. A year later, my dad suffered for seven. Sonia's mom was paralyzed with MS for 17 years. We took care of all of them. And uh, my burden is suffering. I cannot stand to see somebody suffer. So if it's mental, you know, they're going through a tough time and they need a day on the water, that's the person I want to randomly find me, email me and say, hey, I'd like to go fishing with you, you know? So I look at it all as an opportunity to, you know, try and give them the best experience. But my hope is, is yes, to catch fish, but for them to fall in love with the Everglades because uh, people will protect what they love, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but also to, to let them come up for air, you know? Like life was hectic before COVID, but even like now it's, I feel like things are, even though we're back to normal, but I just feel like life's more hectic. People are more stressed, you know, just- uh, Absolutely. There's yeah. more chaos. Yeah. So when you take people out there, and I always like to take people out at safe light, you know, early because I want them to be 10 miles in when the sun's coming up mm -hmm. and when they start to see all the ibis flying overhead and you That's see great, them, isn't it? yeah, coming off their up. roost and the pinks and the purples and the oranges. Like when they see that and you see their face and they're just like, like there's no stress in them right there, you know? And to be able to, you know, Jesus said, if you feel weary, 
go to the wilderness and pray. Mm-hmm. I get to be the guy to take them in the wilderness so they could relax and, and sort of get back to true north if they're five degrees off and life's going crazy, yeah. you know, get to be the one to sort of bring them back. So, you know, just to facilitate that, right? It's yeah. pretty awesome. We're at, my wife and I, we were talking about this recently about nature versus church. Um, and we go to church every Sunday. Oh, awesome. you know, We have a nine-year-old and 11-year-old and we're raising them under God. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's for sure. That's fantastic. Um, my father was a deacon. Um, wow. So we have a pretty good foundation of faith in our family. Um, you know, I don't always talk yeah. about it on the show and everything right. like that but you know um, I'm it's glad great. that you're here to give me the opportunity to be yeah. able to open up and talk about that That's which awesome. is which is pretty cool because um, I don't you know it's nice that you're drawing that out of me right now it's awesome um, but uh, you know we talk about we had a conversation about that recently where she's like well it doesn't always have to be in the box right and it, and I go no it doesn't I, I said I personally like the structure of church I like the foundation because I feel like without it over generations of time, it would just get lost. Sure. Right? So yeah, I think I that's that. why I think church is an important um, structure, church, temple, whatever. Yeah. whatever Foundation. Your, whatever your conduit yeah. to God is. You know, yep. I believe those are important yeah, places mosque, to go. Right? Yeah, sure. 100%. Yep. I believe they're important places to go um, to community and, and, and bring in and, you know, be with your people of same faith and discuss and feel and hope and, you know, yep. um, all that. But God is everywhere. And it doesn't have to be in church, right? And and nature is just, you know, it's his way of speaking to us. And that is probably one of the biggest reasons why I'm such a big a proponent of conservation and why I really do believe that we need to protect what he's given us. Um, you know, we need to respect it. Uh, it's and, a sanctuary. And support it, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that is what, the earth is what he's given to us. Yeah. Right, and, and we have and, to be good stewards of it, right? Exactly. We have dominion over all animals. It's in the Bible, right? right? Yep. We have dominion, but that's a responsibility. That's not just go out and slaughter everything, and and you know, and and we have to be good stewards of what He gives us, right? Yeah, and you're you're gonna find, you know, we've discussed it on the show plenty. That the best conservationists are the ones that actually use the land for its purpose, yeah. Right? So, uh, or the sea. Right. For its purpose. Right. Um, and those are the people that are actually taking the best care of it. Right. It's those that aren't using it for their purpose the most or the most often that don't always respect it. Right. More likely are to neglect it. That's not everybody, but more often than not. Right. Um, if you're on there every day um, and you see someone throw plastic in the ocean, for example, right. you're going to be very upset about that because right. no, no, this is this is my church, as you said, or yeah. this is my playground, or this is, you know, yeah. however you want to name it. We um, see so many of those balloons. Those Mylar balloons are horrible. After Valentine's Day, yeah. we must have picked up 20 red heart balloons, like in 30 miles in the yeah. mangroves. Yeah, it breaks your heart to see all of that. Yeah, definitely. How yeah. much is some um, conservation weapon. playing um, a role in what you do? So when... I got my captain's license and I bought the boat. I said, I've never spent that much money on a boat. And I got the, I wanted, you know, the, the guide boat. Um, you got to listen to your wife when she says buy a boat. Right. You buy <laughs> right. a boat. Well, this yeah. was the second boat. The first boat cost me five grand. I did 860 trips in six years. On a $5,000 boat? Yeah, on a $5,000 17 foot Mitzi skiff. 
Yeah. yeah. Con- congratulations. Yeah. And nice. it caught fire and I almost died on it. It was incredible. <laughs> so I was driving it while it was up in flames at full Man, speed. You have passion for this. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I almost, oh, I had smoke inhalation. I was crying like my eyes were watering. It was crazy. But, um, you're not taking me today, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He let me live another day. But, um, I like everything I have to do, there has, there has to be a purpose behind it. I, I can't just, I can't do anything without, like you said about working out, you have to have a goal. Like I can't do anything without a purpose. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. So I can't just have a guide business where I'm trading money to take people to catch fish. I can't do that. You know, there has to be way more to it than that. So I believe in tithing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Absolutely. I said, all right. So the first year I said, I'm going to donate. I checked with the boss. She said it was okay. I said, I want to donate 10% of my gross revenue. Any money I make with Rhino Diaries Adventures, that's guide service. I said, I want to donate 10% to a charity. So I came up with six charities that were dear to my heart. Bonefish Tarpon Trust, IGFA, Herman Lucerne, Captains for Clean Water. Um, there, there, was, there was a few. Yeah. Um, all solid organizations. Yeah, all yeah. solid. This last year, I brought it down because I f- I'm not guiding a lot. And I feel like I wasn't giving anyone enough money. Mm-hmm. You know, makes sense. You know, it was like five or six thousand dollars all combined. You know, that's and then I'd give away trips for the silent auctions, you know, try and help that way too. Um, so uh, right now I'm doing um, IGFA, which I, I'm one of the ambassadors for Florida, okay, uh, helping with their like kids' programs and stuff. Oh, nice, uh, yeah, just bring up the next generation of ethical anglers. That's a yep. big thing for me. Um, and then uh, Bonefish Tarpon Trust, mm-hmm. which I love the science. And that a lot of people get to use their science like for, for the water quality and stuff. You know, they have incredible research that they do. And then the third one is SOS Children's Village in Coconut Creek. Tell me about that. So SOS Children's Village? Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Wow. What yeah, is that all Coconut about? Creek. So the kids that are in there, I came to found out, have gone through the most damage. Like they've gone through the worst that you could possibly think of in order to land at SOS Children's Village. So I'm treating this girl. I wear Vans because I used to do shows for Vans shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I used to travel around doing half-pipe shows for them. And uh, every every stop, we'd go to the hotel room and there'd be a brand new box of Vans every week. Yeah, nice. And it was, it was really Full cool. disclosure, we did discuss yeah. before he came on the show that we both have a skateboarding background yeah. and surfing background yeah. and everything yeah. like that. So. so it's pretty awesome. But So this girl was wearing Vans and she was 12 years old. She was a tough little girl. Uh, they said the therapist called out, so can you treat her? So I jumped on the floor and I was I was working with her. And she's like, at the end, she's like, you're really cool and you have cool shoes. Uh, I'm only coming back if I get to work with you. And I was like, sure. Like she was a cool little girl, right? Mm-hmm. So about two weeks in, she comes in and she was a tough little kid and she comes in all happy and smiling. She says, I'm going to see my dad in two weeks. And I said, is that why you're so happy? She said, yeah. I said, okay, I'm thinking, okay, parents are divorced, right? So like, where's your dad live? She said, he's in prison. Mm. It's like, oh, so you live with your mom? Like just, just thinking out loud. She said, I never met my mom. Said, Where do you live? She said, SOS Children's Village. I said, what is that? Uh, we don't have kids, so I don't know like anything about this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I looked it I've up. I've never heard of the place. Yeah, I looked it up. My wife's like, 
I said, do you ever hear about this? She goes, that's what the place I was telling you about. We need to do something for them. Yeah. So I called them. Because he never listens. Right. 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 Start listening to your wife. Right. She's got great ideas all the time, right? I get told that too. So just I'm just a little slow to comprehend because she's on a different level than I am. I get told that by two people, my wife and by her. Oh, there you go, right? So long story short, I called them right away and I said, can I throw a barbecue for you guys? And they're like, well, we don't know your organization. You know, I said, I'm treating one of your kids. Like, yeah, we still don't know you, you know, like these kids are really protected, you know, they live in 14 homes in a cul-de-sac all by themselves. You know, it's like very, very strict and everything. Um, She said, you can come and do reverse trick-or-treating. Halloween's coming up. So you guys dress up and bring uh, candy door to door. If that goes good, then we'll let you throw a barbecue. Okay. So now I'm treating this. So we do it and everything's good. I dress like a clown. We go yeah. and fun. Yeah, they got to kind of watch that. Right? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. have to sort of vet you. Right? Yeah, for sure. You know, to see what you guys are about or if you're doing it for good the wrong reasons. That. Yeah, it's good right? they do that. If you're yeah. doing it just so you can take a picture and say, look what we did, right? Right. Uh, it's they, they get a lot of... So we have this 12th grader that's like 240 pounds that came from there, like a big football player. And he said, hey, Elmer, I heard you're doing a, uh, like a barbecue for us. Can I talk to you? And I was like, sure. He's like... We get a barbecue every weekend. He goes, and we're grateful for it. He goes, and he was like like the the big brother of all the kids. There's okay. 72 kids there. And he said, can you not do burgers and hot dogs? Could you do chicken wings? Because all I we want get my is- barbecue chicken, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, ordering now. he's like, yeah. we get burgers and hot dogs every weekend. We just want like, could you do some chicken too? And I was like, I'll do better than that. Do you remember Salt Life restaurant? No. Oh, yeah, Cold yeah, Springs? yeah. No, I was just kidding with you. Yeah, so, so we got- <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do a barbecue. I'm going to do a block yeah. party. So I had, I said, I'm going to try and bring as much stuff into this cul-de-sac they have. Mm-hmm. So we brought a rock climbing wall. We had a jump house. We had a petting zoo. We had taiko drummers teach taiko drumming. I had a bunch of workshops set up, like six, seven different things, CrossFit, hip hop dance, uh, parkour, like a guy that was a, did a TED talk for parkour. And then I had a speaker at lunch where we had five restaurants provide the food took me like four months to plan this whole thing. And uh, we got Channing Crowder, uh, Miami Dolphins player. Yeah. He did his testimony about running Channing's drugs. Channing's great. Yeah, he was incredible. He's a great guy. And he inspired these kids. And then the next year we got uh, Tiffany Cohen, Olympic gold medalist swimmer, two gold medals, a silver and a bronze. And the third year I did it as an X Games skater. I was in the X Games and stuff for a half pipe. So I did it as- You a, were in the X Games? Yeah, twice. Yeah. yeah really? Twice for Global X Games and then uh, Summer X. Uh, X Games Nine. My lord! Yeah, I think we're on twenty-two Literally, or something. God right gave now. you a motor. Yeah, it was is is fun. I love skating half pipe, but um, but it was incredible. So every year we, you know, it got sort of better and better and evolved. And uh, what's that? Yeah, and then uh, I took a couple fishing, and then the last party we did, the last one was just before COVID hit. Um, so we do it every fall when they're going back to school. We do a. a back to school drive for them mm-hmm. and I'll have like 20 different universities, colleges, stores, retail stores, doctor's offices, take a little basket and just fill the little basket up and we get a U-Haul truck filled with back to school supplies for the kids. And when they have too much, they overflow it to different villages and we do the same thing for Christmas. So we've been doing that for 11 years. Um, the last block party we got to do with the IGFA and we got all the kids certified IGFA certified for their passport to fishing for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, their goal was 100,000 kids. Yep. So we got all 72 kids. Um, they went through all the five modules of fishing. And then we all fished at Tradewinds Park. 
we had a big gazebo there and uh it was incredible to have like a hundred fishing rods there i'm blown away by this yeah it was All incredible this. this is the, it is yeah. incredible and then that's when i got to become uh jeff mm -hmm. um you know said to them like elmer would be a great ambassador and i said like that would be an honor for me to be able to work with the igfa and then this past year they asked me to be a captain for them so i just i just became one of the igfa captains and uh i'm just it's been incredible like it's just been incredible good work is infectious yeah you said it earlier because i think you're making everybody in this room right now and i'm pretty sure anyone who's going to listen to this or watch this want to do better with their lives that's what i'm getting out of this you know well, it, it um that's it's i think that's really what you. that's the definition of inspiration yeah well thank you this is phenomenal stuff yeah. when covid hit it. when covid hit that must have killed you guys we closed that must have been tough we had to shut down the clinic oh yep. you know what should i pick that up oh you have to <laughs> jeff harkavy hello my friend are you there? Hold on a second. Hi. Right. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you don't mind that we, we're putting you live on the podcast right now, do you? You know, I wouldn't mind at all. That's fantastic. What's up, Jeff? I'm sitting here with Elmer, and, you know, I got to thank you for um, putting this guy into my life. He's amazing. He, he, is, he is that and more which is part of the reason I thought he should be in your path because two incredible people who are like-minded in their love of the resource and their passion for this sport really ought to know each other. I think together, guys like you, one and one equals like 28. Yeah. So <laughs> so glad Elmer's on the show with you and uh, look forward to seeing you guys both soon. Yeah, we were just talking um about the uh, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust Symposium weekend and how much we got out of that. Or, you know, right down, you know, starting off with the film festival with Ansel there and the standing ovation and um, and then the Legends panel and, and how you ran that so great. And, you know, it, it, it was just an inspiring weekend. And for me to now sit down, you know, the next day with Elmer um, is really kind of bringing it all full circle personally for me. Yeah, well, it, it, it warms my heart. I, uh, when you and I spoke a few weeks back, I, you know, I was thinking of ideas, good, good individuals who would be worthy of your podcast and add value in a big way. And uh, Elmer was certainly top of that list. And Captain Pellon, <laughs> I'm uh, so glad that you're there. And I'm glad you guys have met and you're throwing down some good stories and uh, dialogue for your podcast, which is uh, the podcast itself is a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you something, Jeff. We're, no, I don't know if I did. I announce you properly. This is Jeff Harkavy. Um, good, good friend of ours, recent guest on the show. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the pioneers of the bonefish and tarpon trust. Um, I want to ask you in your mind from out of the horse's mouth, what was your take on the symposium this weekend? Um, you know, as in compared to others that you've had in the past, you know, cause I know you do one only like once every three years, COVID kind of got in the way of your scheduling. We're finally able to get this one up in PGA national and, you know, 
it was a great weekend, but from your perspective, how do you think everything went? I, I couldn't be more pleased. Um, not just that it was our biggest audience and the audience included some of the, 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 the great greatest of players in our sport, but you know, it's like a connected by waters, by water theme. Um, you see the power of what this sport does and how it, it does bring folks together. Um, it's an amazing community and everyone showed up to this party. Um, everyone participated. Uh, dialogues and the panel discussions were, were deeper, more meaningful than I think they, they've ever been. And uh, I've heard from dozens of people since everyone left uh, the PGA on Sunday. And it, it, there's, there's just such an extraordinary afterglow. Yeah. Um, we, we've gained more new research partners and we've built more relationships. And I, it, it makes me very happy and I feel very encouraged about how the resource that we all love will benefit because of this gathering. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, definitely new ideas uh, were shared. Um, one takeaway that I got from it um, was the pharmaceuticals um, that you know we're finding in the water. You know, and that's directly related to the results of the science that the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust has been implementing, um, which is monumental. Uh, if if you ask me, just to, just the discovery of that alone. Um, it is, has been impactful and hopefully that that can be followed by some positive action. Um, well, I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's, it's one of the biggest areas of concern for me. Uh, we have proven now that those pharmaceuticals are causing problems to the fishery. And we now take on the role of using science as we do for advocacy. And now the advocacy efforts we will begin and go full throttle. We'll bring aboard partners to help us effectively advocate. And that's an exciting new chapter for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you're, you have a connected by water 100% behind you. Should you ever need or want to use our resource? It's, it's at your beck and call. I know that. And I thank you for that. And I would say that, uh, at some juncture, you have an opportunity to have some BCC scientists on board, whether it's Aaron Adams or Ross Buchek or Jennifer Rahag, who wrote the, the research, who led the science uh, research for discovering the pharmaceuticals. That, that, that could happen and probably ought to happen. And I, I can't think of a better medium than Dennis Friel's Connected by Water for that conversation to take place. No, I appreciate you saying that. Listen, I want to switch it, switch the gears here to, to Elmer. Okay. Because and I got to, yeah, let's do that. I can sign off at any time. Heather's waiting for me in the parking lot. It's raining in Key West. Are you still in Key West right now? We're in Key West. We had a great day of fishing, and we're meeting up with our captain friends uh, for dinner and fishing again tomorrow if it's not raining as hard as it is right now. That's fantastic. You know, we get, well, we get, you know, we all got this little baby hurricane coming our way. So it's just kind of inconveniencing our lives a little bit. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys stay a little dry there for the, for the remainder of your trip. Well, as we speak, I'm running through the parking lot in rain and <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it right now. Dennis so, is throwing out a podcast with Elmer. 
<laughs> right now, in the moment. Oh, it's Heather. Heather's driving. The whole family. Oh, you got here. me on Bluetooth. That's. Can you guys hear us? All right. Oh, perfectly. We got double trouble here. Both Harkavies and in one shot. This is a, this is a treat. And Captain Elmer Pallon. Can they hear me or not? Yeah, well, yeah. What's up, guys? What's up, Elmer? All right, we've got approximately two minutes to talk before we're late for dinner. So <laughs> how should we wisely use that time? All right. Well, well I want to say this, and I want you guys to chime in. When when Elmer was introduced to me um, by you, Jeff, or, or the idea of Elmer was introduced to me, you said you're, you're introducing to me a healer, right? And I got that in the first five minutes because he, he's wearing his scrubs right now. He came right from work. I'm like, okay, this guy definitely is a healer. But you know, he's not only healing people physically, he's healing people emotionally. Tell me a little oh, yeah. bit about that. <laughs> well, hey, I, I think I shared the story with you already about the, the amazing, amazing connection Elmer had with my sister Julie after her stroke and how he helped bring bring her to a place where she accepted her new limitations and and, and disability. Uh, but he's done that for many. Uh, Elmer's had various patients who were in wheelchairs and he was able to get them on board his boat safely, show them an amazing day of fishing, give them an experience in the outdoors, a connection by water where they could enjoy and feel, you know, that they were able to benefit and participate as well. And no one had taken the effort to do that. And quite frankly, it was physically difficult and Elmer to sometimes carry people on and off his boat for that purpose. But he used fishing and being on the water as a therapy tool and in doing so made a huge difference in the life of many. That's fantastic. Using your powers for good. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Real quick, I know you guys got to go. But what'd you catch this weekend? <laughs> Wait, I want to hype Elmer up real quick. All right, go, oh, go no, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> hey, Elmer. Elmer this also is just has such an unmatched energy. Like your enthusiasm for every single thing that happens on the boat that day is so special, and life especially, it's crazy. Uh, I, and you're also just like, it's crazy how you can put Elmer on. Oh no, I missed my turn. You can put Elmer. <laughs> on specific water any water and he's just got that sixth sense to him he can figure it out he gets dialed because he works really hard runs off of i don't think any sleep and constantly still shows up with more energy than everyone else and 110 percent always yeah I, I gotta echo in on that i i have not seen anyone learn and grow with in the sport of fishing with the trajectory of my friend Captain Elmer Pallon, he just masters things quickly. He studies things thoroughly. He takes notes. He, he keeps a very stringent log. And uh, quite frankly, he doesn't even need his GPS in places where most people get lost with a GPS. It, it's really, <laughs> really, really gifted in the sport of fishing and in the sport of human relations and the sport of healing. I got to meet this guy. No, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Just look in the mirror, brother. Thank you, guys. That's, I love uh, it. That was as awkward as it could ever be being me. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I bet you're bright red right now. Yeah, a little bit. A yeah. little bit. But it, you know what? It's worth it. 
It's oh worth it. <laughs> gotcha. Such a treat, guys. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Hey, wonderful. Have a good time, guys. Keep it going. Keep yep. the real rolling. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. God when bless you guys, you guys. We're going to Big Bear when you get back. Okay, great. Cheers to that. Right. Air hug to all. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. Take care, guys. And a big shout out to Nick as well. He's awesome. He's oh, there. He goes. He just gave you. Yeah, he just gave you double horns. He's not going. Yeah, great to be with you this weekend, Nick DeSantis. Yeah. Ciao, guys. Bye. All right. See you guys. He's such a great guy. Yeah. He he's my fishing mentor. Yeah. Um, I learned how to fly fish. I was eight. I got a fly rod. Mm-hmm. Dad's friend gave me one, and uh, I would just catch a little like crappy and brim. You know, in Canada, like on little poppers. I never really did anything with it. And a patient. Do you ever hear of a guy named Jack Bass Allen? Think, he was yeah. like the king of pop. He was in the Miami Herald. They called him the king of poppers. The okay. king of pop was Michael Jackson. King right. of poppers. Um, he was one of my patients. He taught me how to double hole, like how to cast a fly properly. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Mill on that stage, I got to fish with him at Adios Golf Course mm-hmm. with one of my patients brought me there. And he brought Andy Mill as a special You fished guest. at Adios? I, yeah, I don't like to golf. I just want to fish it. Wow. Yeah, I got to fish all How's the, the fishing there? It's incredible. Every Listen, cast you catch a fish. I am so oh curious about this. because Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing this up. Because I just played Adios no like, like a month ago for the first time ever. It's like Disney World. Yes. It's so unbelievable. This place is beautiful. Wow. Every cast you can but catch But I got to tell you here, this is so... Oh, my God. This is so funny you're bringing this up. Because, all right, so... Adios is a very private, very exclusive course. Oh, my Lord. Right? And you can only get there if you're invited. But if you are invited, they treat you like a king. They treat you like you're a member. I walk in the front door, and you know the, the guy who invited me to play with him is already there, but he had to take a meeting with a client. So they went to a private room, their client. So I'm coming in by myself, ungreeted by my friend, but I'm greeted at the front desk. And they're like, oh, yes, Mr. Friova, let me take you to your locker. I'm like, take me to my locker. I'm like, no, my clubs, I could just hit the range. It's fine. Like, no, no, no. Get to my locker. Like, they got my name engraved on there. I'm a guest for the day, right? Do you see all the other names around you? Yeah. I look to my left and guess who the name is? Uh, Michael Jordan. Andy Mill. Oh, Andy Mill. Are you kidding? And I'm like, oh, my my God, this is what? And then I see Jason Taylor, Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. But that place, I always say, I think they they cut the grass with scissors. Like, the place is immaculate. But you fished there because I was wondering. I'm like, can you fish yeah. here? Like, but like, apparently you could do anything there you want yeah, to. But I, that's that's kind of like the rule. Yeah. Patient wanted to thank me for for therapy, and he said, "You're gonna come." You fished with Andy Mill on that course. Yeah. So really, I didn't I didn't know he was gonna show up. But my patient, he was an older Italian gentleman from Detroit. Okay. And he said, "Elmer, I'm gonna take you play golf, and we're gonna have dinner. You're gonna have a whole day with me and you." And, uh, and I said, well, I really don't want to golf because I see what it does to you guys. I already have a passion like that. It's fishing. I can't mm-hmm. have both. So I never want to swing a golf club because I know I'll be addicted to that too. And I said, can I fish it? He goes, you're with me. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So he, bring, he says he's bringing a special guest. Here comes a Land Rover, the guy with rubber boots and this big like Stetson cowboy hat. And he was Andy Mill. I brought a fly rod. And I brought like six other rods, like bait casters and everything, mm-hmm. and not knowing, you know, what to use. And that's what we had in the back of the cart was all these fishing rods. And Anil said, you brought, you brought a fly rod? And I said, yeah. And I know he was like the number one tarpon guy in the world at sure. that time. He was just before he wrote his book. And I said, yeah. And I was so scared to cast in front of him. I bet damn well you were. Yeah. And he said, 
Why don't I don't you think pull anybody that? in their right mind yeah, would be. He said, why don't you pull that fly rod out? Let me see you cast it. And I, I have a dry heaving <laughs> problem. I, I, when, I get, when I get excited or nervous, I start to dry heave. Okay. And I go get it by, and I'm like, bah, bah, bah. like I'm, really? I'm so scared to cast in front <laughs> so of this guy. Awesome. And uh, so I cast and it, it went out right. Like it, it, you know, it was okay. Yeah. You know, but I didn't know how, what, a, I didn't know how to tie a leader and I didn't know anything about like what sections of what section. I didn't the know anything. Yeah, I didn't know anything yeah. about that. And, uh, you know, I just went straight like 10 pound test or whatever. I don't know what I did. And then he said, well, he said, you can double haul. He goes, let's catch a few fish. So we caught like three or four bass. And he said, let's stop fishing. Let's go to the back green where it's just really open. He goes, and let me, he goes, you're like in high school. Let me bring you to like graduate Harvard in an hour. He showed me stuff. He said, so then we went near the water after he taught me a bunch of stuff, like a back cast. I never knew there was a back cast. I didn't know anything. He said, if you have your popper and there's a tarp in there and you don't want him to hear it come out of the water because you have to recast, this is how you get a popper out of the water without making noise. And he did this thing and he took it out of the water and he's like, okay, try it. So I was like, poof, I got it. So he's like, all right, now you want to lay a fly down sideways. He goes, so it doesn't splash at all. He goes, this is how you do that. And he's like, okay, try it. So like an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half. And he like got me super excited about fly fishing, say the least. And uh, so- Are you still puking at this point? <laughs> no, I was okay after that. Okay. You know, every time I go fishing in the first five minutes, doesn't matter if it's just us on a Thursday morning, I'm so excited to go fishing. I'm like, what? And she's like, are you puking? And I'm like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> like, it's like crazy. I'm like Cartman in South Park. Like, I get so excited. Like Cartman. That, like, even if, if I was going to the half pipe and I said to myself in the morning, like I woke up and I said, tonight I'm gonna try a 1080 McTwist. Right. Right, like I'm going, I'm going all, that's you it. You can pull off a 1080 McTwist? No, 900 McTwist I can pull off. Fakie 900, Fakie 900 McTwist, really? 720 McTwist, flat spin 540s, 1080 McTwist. I've landed, I, but it doesn't count. I skated four feet. Right. Like uh, Canada, we have much music. It's like MTV. It mm-hmm. was like their festival. It was big trick comp. And I, la- I would have been the first person to land a 1080 McTwist on the planet on rollerblades. I skated for rollerblade. And uh, I skated down the ramp. I threw my arms up in the air and my skates came out from under me. Oh. And I, but I got like both of those from skating. I, I say that graphs. counts. I say it counts. Uh, I wish it counts. But when, did, when did you play the Adios with when did you do this adios thing oh, with Andy Miller? God, How long that, ago was that? That must have been 2005. 2005. 2004, yeah. And then Jeff, when I met him, we went kayak, I, t- I invited him to go kayak fishing in Stewart. He brought a fly rod and he just got me. He's the one that really like woke up fly fishing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in COVID, I started tying because we had time, downtime. So I started tying my own flies. I tied a, a Everglades uh, EP, Everglades Minnow. I went in my backyard. And I caught two peacock bass on it, and that was it. Like that's a special thing when you catch yeah. a, you know, when you tie a fly and you know you take a bunch of stuff, make it look like a beautiful little minnow, and you catch a fish on it. So I just, uh, I love it. God put you there on that course with Andy Mill. I believe for a reason. Yeah, I believe. Right? Yeah. To give you the gift, to give you the tools. Yeah. To do what yeah. you needed to do. In I believe life. everything's on purpose. I don't believe in how much has that how much did that hour that hour and a half or however long it's priceless benefit you from that point moving forward to be able to do what you do now to give back to like mankind and give back to you know nature and give and all that right yeah 
No, priceless. It's like God knew you were the vessel to get that yeah. lesson. And he wouldn't even know who I am. Like if, like, I'm sure he's helped so many people. I don't know. He, you might, know? he might remember. But, uh, but he's incredible. not a dumb guy. Yeah. When that Legends panel. Yeah. You know, we did were sitting. Did you go up to him? Uh, no, I did at the last symposium. Okay. I went up to him and I said, I saw him in the uh, expo. Okay. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Mill. I said, I just I want to reintroduce myself to you. I fished with, you know, Anthony and you. Adios. I remember that, like, yeah. you know, and I said, you helped me so much. Like you brought my game up so much. You know, I appreciate it. He told me, and I didn't understand what he was telling me. He said, at the end, he said, this is what I want you to do. You live on a lake, right? You said, I said, yeah. He goes, can you walk around it? I said, yeah. He said, when you come home from work, I want you to grab your fly rod. No TV, no nothing. Like we never watch TV or anything. It's just fishing work, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you to walk around your lake. Go left. I don't care what the wind is. Go left one day. Next day. I want you to go right. I thought he meant cast with your left hand one right. day, cast with your right hand the next. Stop it. Now you're so for like 10 years, <laughs> for 10 years, I can fly fish equally as bad with both hands. By accident. Yeah. I never backcast because I, so I'm fishing with Steve Thomas in the Herman Lucerne, or actually before the Herman, and there's eight tarpon coming down. I haven't touched this 10 weight. I'm nervous because it's Steve Thomas because he just won the golden fly with, with uh, Brett Flutie's brother, or no, Brett Flutie. Okay. Brett Flutie, I think, is the fisherman, right? The football player, right? Oh, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. Yeah. That, okay. So I know he's like, you know, it's my first time with Steve Thomas. He said, he gives me the fly rod. I'm taking line out of it on the deck. And he says, are you left or right? I say, what do you mean? And he said, do you cast with your left hand or your right hand? And he's like, like, fish are coming, right? And I was like, uh, what hand do you want me to use? He goes, what kind of answer is that? Like, and I said, Jeff's like, he is both. He said, you're left. And I said, okay, I'm left. And eight tarpon were coming. And I put the fly in front of the first one, the sentinel fish. And it took it. 120 pound tarpon took it. That was my first experience. Like after that, I was like, just, I have to fly fish like for tarpon all the time now. Like it was incredible. It ate five feet from the boat in crystal clear water and his mouth just opened up. And I just saw my fly go. It was, oh my God. I'll never forget that moment. I'm looking at Nick because because he knows what I'm he knows what I'm thinking. We're about to embark on a journey here, so you know, yeah. This is now. Listen, and this is what I want to say about this. All right, God puts you where you need to be, and I think a lot of people miss it. They don't see it, and that's why they don't see God, and they don't see the work that He does, and doesn't see where He puts you. Right, he does so much. But for I us. think it's important, just as important as it is that God puts you where you need to be. It's just as important for you to recognize it. Yeah, because it, it takes two to tango. Yeah, right. Yeah, my wife and I were just talking about this. Actually, driving the church this past weekend. And I'm gonna say this without trying to cry, because it really is meaningful. Three weeks ago, I didn't know Jeff Harkaby. Two months ago, I met Heather for the first time on the show, both of them, first time on the show, right? Two months ago, Bonefish Tarpon Trust sends me an email, wants me to set up for the show. I said I would do it. And then I said, I don't think I'm going to have time because I'm so busy here. I got this mural and I got all these other projects. And we're trying to close out the year and so much going on. Yeah. And Jeff comes on the show with Bouncer and then couple glasses of rum later they're like jeff's like no you, you gotta set up and blah blah and i 
Gave him a couple pieces of art off the wall after the things here. Just use this for the bonefish tarpon trust. I don't need to be here. Just just take wow. it. Use it for whatever you want to do it. Wow. Next day, Jeff writes an email. Set Dennis up at the show, blah, blah, blah. Like the whole thing. So wow. I'm like, all right, they really want me to go. So I'm going to go. Yeah. Right? Go to the show. It was a great weekend. Great success. I see Chrissy Wyborg Hughes there. It's a good friend of mine. I didn't know she was going to be there. She's me across the room. She goes like that. I owe her a job, like a project, and I didn't do it yet. And she gets all mad at me. But but that's like almost like, all right. And then Jeff's there, and Nick comes, and Nick was such a great helper to me this weekend. It's like I can't even explain to you how much Nick helped me this weekend. He drove up there with me. He helped me set up. I couldn't be there on Friday. He watched like the whole booth all, on Friday back and forth and, and he helped me break it down. And he really did facilitate a lot of things for me this weekend. So thank you, Nick. It's awesome. Really? It, it mattered like what you did. You said, oh, easy, easy. Like, my wife came to the dinner that night like that and two cards. He recognized that. He goes, just drive home with her. I'll take your truck home the next morning uh, from Palm Beach. And awesome. he did that. That's awesome. Right? So she wouldn't have to drive home late at like midnight all the way from Palm Beach. Like, That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Really. Yeah. Yeah, that's family. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we get there, and then we find out, you know, later on, Jeff Harkavy lives in Coral Springs, literally a mile from my house. Yeah. He lives right behind our clinic. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. And now he put you into my life. Yeah. And this is before my wife. This Now this is after my wife and I had this conversation. But I said to my wife, I said, it's so funny that the, the one biggest takeaway that I got from the whole Bonefish Tarpon Trust Symposium weekend and the past three weeks, God puts you where you need to be. Yeah. I, think I really you're... feel that. I really felt that after this yeah. weekend. I said, there was a reason all that happened the way it happened. And it yeah. was almost like I got pushed because I got pushed into that weekend. Yeah. And it was a real. It's almost really... like it wasn't your decision. God's yeah. saying, like, no, I need you here. Yeah. Dennis, you're going to go here. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I look around your place and I see how talented you are, your art, and I see what you're doing. And. You know, life can, we make life so complicated, but life is so simple. God gave you passion and he gave you talent. And God says, all you have to do is put me first. And your heart's desires, I'll make happen for you, right? And your heart's desires are all over this wall. You have a platform that's blessing conservation, the community, not just conservation, but individuals, right? We, we get to impact each other's lives. And you're doing all of that, and you're being obedient to God, right? You're raising your kids in a great way, you know, great husband. You're, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, and, and you have this incredible talent, and, and God's shining through you, right? The, the, it's not for us to get the credit for all of this stuff that, you know, people say, like, like the stuff that it's almost embarrassing, like how nice they were being about talking about me, uh, but it's not, the credit's not for me just like the credit's not for you. We're just supposed to be reflections to reflect the light back up to God, right? People need to know God is doing this, that, you know, we're here today, gone tomorrow. It's not about us. We just get to be along for the ride and we get to see God work in our hearts and, and with the stuff that he puts in our hearts and the blessing is for everyone, right? Like when someone does an act of kindness to someone else, it's both get blessed, right? The gift is for both people. There's nothing else on the planet that usually when someone gains, someone loses, right? Like typically that's how it works. But the way God works, everybody wins, right? And if we get to, like God gave us fishing, 
and he lets us take people fishing and we get blessed for it. We get to have art like this in our houses and you get blessed for it. We get like everybody wins, you know? It's, it's the most incredible. And that's how simple it is. Two years ago, I was so stressed because I had to lay off 23 people. And I have single moms with kids with special needs. And I said, how are they going to pay their rent? How are they going to pay their mortgages? It was, besides my parents passing away, that was probably the darkest day of my life. And I said to Sonia, I said, like, I hadn't been to church in a while. And I go to Calvary. And I said, I got to go to church. We went on a Wednesday night. Pastor gave a sermon. And I don't know if I was even listening half to the sermon. I was just like praying, stressed. Am I losing my clinic? Do you not want me to do this anymore? You know, I always said, God gave me this. I'm a steward of it for a short period of time. And if I don't do a good job, he could take it away from me, right? Like anything I do. And all I got, I was so stressed and so burdened. And the message I got, I don't know where it came from, if the pastor said or not, but, and I don't mean to preach or anything like that, but the, the message I got, and, and this is my motto for the rest of my life, he's God the Father, and we're his sons and daughters. That makes us royalty, right? We're all his sons and daughters, right? And he's the king of kings. That makes us royalty. And all we have to do is obey him. So we just have to obey one person. All I do, I work for him. That's all it means. I work for the king of kings. He calls me son. That means my father's royalty. And that means I just have to obey him and do whatever he so, you know, wherever he puts me, whatever my job is, that's what I want to do. You know, I don't want to do anything that's not aligned with him. But he says, whatever your passions are, as long as you put me first, you can do anything you want. He gave me a great skate career for a long time. You know, I still skate, fishing, uh, physical therapy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the burdens because without the burdens, there's no purpose, you know? And uh, if we get to do it this way, if I get to guide for the rest of my life and do physical therapy, I'd die happy, you know? It's, it's, this is good. This is good. I just preached on your podcast, didn't I? This is episode 140. It's the first time I've ever cried on the show. You want to know? You want to know what else God gave me today? A new friend. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Elber. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Really. I appreciate you too. Thank you for everything you're doing. That that's that's magic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. I don't I, I'm not gonna say anything after what you just said. I can't. So I'm just gonna I'm not even gonna thank our sponsors. Everyone knows who they are. You watch the show all the time, so listen to it. Joey, Papa's Pa, Papa's Pilar, Pop's Rubber, okay. Give you your shout outs later. I'm going to end it like we always do. Elmer, thanks for coming on the show. Your ego is not your amigo. Always do your best thing at the end of the day. Just let God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected by water. Cheers. God bless you.
A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.